Cole Berry here with my man Brett Strauss coming at you with the KC Kingdom podcast, bringing you all the news and notes around Kansas City sports. All right, we got a pretty action-packed show for you today. Um, We're going to go over Chiefs Raiders, like a preview of that, talk about Raiders Jets a little bit. Uh, look ahead at the MVP race, but first off, let's just start with some uh, mop-up duty with uh, the NCAA ban on Mizzou athletics that came out today. It was upheld. It was upheld, and I don't want to say I'm not surprised. No, I'm not surprised. Am I disappointed? Yes, yeah. absolutely I'm disappointed because it's ridiculous. That's just a terrible, and we've been saying it for 10 months now that it's a terrible precedent to set. And I know to some it doesn't quote unquote matter because Mizzou, even if they beat Arkansas, their bowl is going to be very low quality. So, yeah. And it's, but it's not just the postseason ban, it's everything that comes with it that's behind it. It's like vacating records and um, the scholarship sanctions that fell with it plus you have to give revenue now to the ncaa it's like the top one percent from each of your programs so there's a lot of other things that play into that oh the restriction of official visits for athletes for for athletic programs that's a lot to handle uh, for a university that's not known for recruiting in the first place yeah and what's ridiculous is mizzou was trying to do the right thing and then the NCAA just punished them for it. So it's setting that, like you talked about with the precedent, it's setting the precedent of, well, if we do something a little shady, we're just not going to tell anybody. And we're deny, deny, yeah, deny. deny. And it's and looking at it, like the, what was it, the UNC making f- uh, classes for athletes to take and getting easy grades, and they just denied, and obviously it happened. Their sanctions were so, it was just nothing. And then Mizzou comes out. It was a rogue tutor. They self-reported almost immediately. They they cooperated every inch of the investigation with the NCAA, showing that they do care about the standard of their school. And the NCAA says, oh, we don't care, though. We're going to hit you with this. And that's just going to be ammunition against the university. They, they're going to be labeled as cheaters. They're going to it's going to be terrible for them. And I don't really think that it that's what was going on. You know, it wasn't like yeah. the head coaches were assigning these athletes this tutor to get them good grades it was just kind of a behind the scene thing that they found out about themselves and told the NCAA about it yeah and I don't want to be the well everyone's doing it but everybody's doing it yes and 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 from what it sounded like we're not really doing it that bad you know this was not that big of a deal it didn't seem like and And we're not condoning cheating or anything like that but it's just the way the NCAA is operating the like just in the realm of schools in general that one uh, player that wanted to transfer to be closer to a sick mom got denied but then you have stars transferring every day just because they want to go to a new school I don't mind that by the way I'm not against that but when you are controlling players lives like this it's getting ridiculous the one uh, kicker he wasn't allowed to have his YouTube channel monetized because they said he was benefiting from playing football in college and his YouTube had nothing to do with football they were like, well, you're famous because of us, so you can't make any money off YouTube. That is insane to me that they yeah. still are so overbearing. It's like a bureaucratic nightmare. Yes, and not to get too heavy into it, but the NCAA is also in, considered a nonprofit. Yeah. That is isn't. It's just the, the structure of the NCAA is crazy. What it means going forward for Mizzou, though, is probably, I mean, they're in turmoil already. They're 
Barry Odom's future is in question, so they're about to go through rebuild anyway. But what's going to hurt them is why would a coach take this job if he's going to be hit with NCAA sanctions right out the gate as far as recruiting goes? Yeah. So now I'm kind of wondering, should they even fire Barry Odom? Because the quality of candidates coming in is not going to be good. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, the quality of recruits is not going to be good either. No, yeah. because And so hitting that with a new – hitting that to a new coach – they're not going to be okay with that. They're not going to come into a an elite coach anyway. It's not going to come into a situation where it's like, okay, uh, this school has official visits uh, restricted. They have scholarships restricted. They're a bad team anyway, and they're not known for being a powerhouse. Yeah, let's go take this Mizzou job. Yeah. So that's just going to hurt them near and in the future as far as you know rebuilding their program. Yeah, it's goes. a bad deal. It is, but hey, we'll get through it. Uh, we'll start talking about here coming up Mizzou basketball a little more. They're having a decent start to their season. Uh, there's some, there's some quiet hope and optimism around the program. Once they really get into the meat of basketball season, we'll start talking more KU, more MU basketball. But for now, uh, I think that's all we got from the college landscape. And we're just going to go and take a look around the West at our uh, pesky division rivals. News and notes from around the West. Yeah. All right. uh, We're going to take a look not going to focus too much on the Broncos. They're just right now not a good team. The game against Buffalo was ugly. It wasn't very it wasn't fun to watch. There wasn't a lot of excitement. The outcome was about what you should expect, like 20 to 3. And it the Broncos one, they're not a threat to the Chiefs and two, they're not a threat to anyone really right now. I mean, they'll probably win a few more games, but the talent on that roster is just not there. Yeah, no, they're they're looking for next year. I mean, I think one of these days, we're going to have to see Drew Locke, we I keep, think. We keep saying it. and I don't know what they're waiting for. Maybe they 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 don't want to trot him out there too well, early. Well, and like we've know. talked about, it seems like the perfect opportunity to trot him out there because it's just, if you lose, you lose. Yeah. Like, it's not like a new season. We got optimism this year. Yeah, this isn't a Dwayne Haskins or Josh Rosen going in on a terrible team. We've, you know, just reiterate what we said before, but... Uh, the Broncos have some offensive talent as far as like Lindsey and Royce Freeman and uh, first round Noah Fant. Cortland Sutton's really coming on. So throwing Drew Locke out there is not like a throwing to the wolves situation where, you know, it's he's going to be destroyed year one. He's got some talent around him to maybe get some learning experiences. So hope we see. Well, and, and like I said, the pressure's off. He can just throw it around and. and, and yeah, see and, what he's got, yeah. you know, see what he can get away with at this level and what he can't. Uh, we, we just talked about Mizzou football. Mizzou's kind of hurting right now. They kind of didn't know what they had till it was gone. Yeah. The presence of an actual NFL NFL caliber quarterback on your team can mask a lot. And Drew Locke, I mean, we're we're seeing he was really good in college, and he's he's got some arm talent, so he might be able to get in there and mix it up with the Broncos. The Chargers, they were on a bye week just like us, so there's really nothing really hitting with them. They might be getting Derwin James back soon. That's really the only news nugget. But until he starts fully participating in practice and is activated, that's just kind of a non-story. So we can move straight over to the Oakland Raiders. And I don't want to say that we predicted this, you know, in spite. Oh, I'll say it. We predicted it. But we definitely it. predicted it. We saw it. this coming. We saw it coming. I've been preaching it for weeks. And it finally, yeah. Brett's- I kept saying they're going to lose one of these games that they shouldn't, and it's going to be ugly. Yeah, and it was ugly. And – I was uh, talking in one of my group chats in my fantasy football league, and this guy was saying, you know, that the Raiders should have won that game. Their their talent's better than the Jets, you know, et cetera. 
if you if you look at it, I think the Jets might be a more talented team, but they're underperforming, and the Raiders have been kind of overperforming based on where they're at. And you saw on the field a good a team where the Jets were on a good day and the Raiders were on a bad day, and just how that talent disparity can play yeah. out. Because going through the roster, Le'Veon Bell is a stud. Josh Jacobs is really good, but I'd still, for my money, I'd take Le'Veon Bell. Jamal Adams would be the best defensive player for the for the Raiders. That guy is well, a Well, he's monster. the best defensive player for a lot of teams. For a lot of teams. And so when you got that kind of star talent, the Raiders are, are lacking that, that star talent. They got some good talent and young talent, but they don't have that guy who's bona fide, could be considered number one at his position. Yeah. And even to his credit, when Sam Darnold is on like he was, he's probably a better quarterback than Derek Carr because Sam was slinging some footballs this weekend. Yeah. I mean, we know who Derek Carr is. We know what Derek Carr can do. Yes. I think Sam Darnold, you know, his ceiling looks higher so far. So but far. his I mean, he's had some bad games, obviously, seeing ghosts. Yeah. Well, he didn't see any ghosts uh, this no, time. he saw Derek Carr's white, pale face on the <laughs> yeah, sideline. And then he saw some wide-open receivers running down be. the field. And some of those throws uh, that Darnold was making, they were tough. They weren't just guys running free. He was scrambling, setting his feet, and just he, his confidence was so high. Yeah, well, we were talking about some – we did some preseason predictions back, you know, in the preseason. And I think we both had playoff team – Jets. We, yeah, we thought the Jets would be a in little the dark mix. horse playoff team. I think we both had him at nine and seven, the sixth seed for both of us. Yeah, and man, the th- with Darnold missing those games, and then Simeon missing those games, and then having a third string quarterback in for a few, that was rough on them, and they really didn't get to knock the rust off because that Sam Darnold seeing ghost game. I don't think he necessarily sees those same ghosts if he'd been in there all year. Obviously, it came against the Patriots, so they still probably would have destroyed him. But he was kind of, you know, short end of the stick, coming back, and then he has to see the Patriots so early after he, you know, returns from Mono. So they're looking like a talented team. They did a lot of things to the Raiders I think the Chiefs can exploit because I was talking about Sam looking confident, rolling out, making some throws. Yeah. And that's a lot of what Patrick Mahomes will do, you know, because he always plays confidently. Yeah. And so what what was happening was was when the the Jets were getting protection against the Raiders and some of those longer routes developed, which, I mean, this is true for most teams. You get protection, you can develop long routes. But it showed that the Raiders are really susceptible right now, deep on their back end of coverage. You have to remember, they traded Garyon Conley away, one of their better corners. He was, he was underperforming, but on that roster, he's a, one of their better ones. Um, Carl Joseph's out for the season and Jonathan Abrams out for the season. Mm-hmm. So when you can neutralize that pass rush like the Jets were doing, those deep routes start coming open and the receivers start running free downfield. And I think the Chiefs can really exploit that coming up. Yeah, I mean, we kind of saw that in the first game when the Demarcus Robinson game. We saw for one quarter, yeah, <laughs> 28 well, yeah, points in one quarter. one quarter. Yeah. But they were deep balls. They were. And, that, and it was him getting behind the coverage. The one was a really good play in the end zone where he just went up and yeah. got it. But. On, I think that was on Gary on Conley, who's not there anymore. So, uh, another thing to note is Tyreek wasn't playing that game. So, this could be – this could spell – Tyreek wasn't playing. Eric Fisher wasn't playing. Yeah, the Chiefs are healthy. This could be a scary sight for the Raiders coming off of what was just a beating going to Kansas City. Now, we'll see what the Raiders are made of. They're a young team, so it's either they're going to come out and they're going to get destroyed again or – 
they'll have some resolve. Yeah, and, they'll, and they'll, little... they'll fight a little bit, and, and that's kind of what you'll see what they're made of. Ah, uh, man. They lost Hunter Renfro. Oh, yeah, no Hunter Renfro. They're going to uh, – um, Hard Knock star Keelan Doss is going to be playing a little more snaps for them is what I've, I've been reading on the Raiders beat. They plan on using Keelan Doss as kind of a, a Renfro replacement. That's cool. Yeah. I liked him. I like. I hope he doesn't have like a breakout game against us. That would be annoying. But I did like Keelan a lot. Yeah. Another guy playing more for the Raiders, Max Crosby. I mean, we'll see him. He had like the coolest hard knocks clip when he broke his. Was it his hand? It was his hand or wrist. It, he, yeah. He's like, I ah, put me back in. Yeah. Got it. Got to cast it up and I'm right gonna, back I'm in the good. game in a preseason game. That's how you make your make your money as a fourth round pick, especially on a John Gruden led team. You break a bone, you get back in there. John Gruden will give you snaps infinitely for the rest of your career yeah. if, if you play like that for these, him. So. Yeah, these guys are just built different. They they Oh, NFL players? Yeah. I think we talked about maybe this exact moment. Yeah, of, yeah. But yeah, it's just – man, and he was calm as could be back there in that clip too. He's just like kind of antsy, like hurry yeah, up. You know, can yeah. you get this cast on any faster? So I got to get back out Into there. this preseason game, I have yeah. to go do it. They put <laughs> – keep talking about Jets Raiders. Did you see them put Mike Glennon in and he fumbled two quarterback exchanges? I was waiting for a Nathan Peterman sighting. Oh boy! Uh, just grew Peter Peterman, Peterman, Peterman. Peterman. Where you at? Just try to coach. He's on the practice squad. Right, get oh, it. Man. Get him out here. Knock on wood if you're with me. That was like my favorite part of Hard Knocks was the quarterbacks that he was just yelling at all oh. the Glennon, Glennon, he Glennon, called, Glennon, and Peterman is what he, he called them. So uh, another thing that we can kind of uh, take advantage of as far as the Raiders go. Uh, looking at the Raiders' offensive side of the ball, what the Jets were able to do, they were able to, one, get pressure, and two, they were taking away that bread and butter, you know, underneath stuff that Derek Carr has been thriving on this season. And with, hopefully, knock on wood, Kendall Fuller back, we can probably start taking advantage of some of the same things. Yeah, I, I'm just excited to see the Chiefs fully healthy. Hopefully. <laughs> yeah hopefully for yeah it. we'll have another first quarter injury Tyreek's gonna pull up lame again or Sammy's gonna do his yearly you know I'm gone for four games yeah foot or something I'm trying to rack my brain as far as our injuries go but we'll have Eric Fisher back LDT's back Wiley's been back and then Ty- defensively I think we're out Ogba uh I don't yeah, know anything he's done for the year right yeah he's he's on IR oh is Okafor coming back because he's been out for ever since he got <laughs> yeah Lamar disrespecting <laughs> broke his own ankle. Yeah, that he, was so bad. That, I still see that clip circling. Oh, I do too. Night. It's so bad. It's bad. <laughs> he just. <laughs> so, I mean, he oh looks God. like he breaks every bone in his body, and there isn't any even anyone do you think, around. Do you think he's been out from for pride only? His ankle healed up I don't weeks know. ago. He just Probably doesn't, doesn't want to show his face on the field because of what that happened. Was so bad. And to his credit, Lamar's been making a lot of people kind of look like that lately. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's that's looking good. like a quality win now. Oh, that, that looks like a really quality win, beating the Ravens. I mean, because they have been just punching teams in the mouth and making yeah. them like it. You know, 40 points on every team that they're playing, it seems. But uh, anyway, defensively, as far as health-wise goes, we have, I think, Okafor's back. Kendall, and these aren't all confirmed yet, obviously, because we're so early in the week. But Okafor, Kendall Fuller should be working his way back. Christian Jones has been in the lineup. He should be back in a game shape. Yeah. Frank Clark's back. Everyone's back. I think we're good. I think we finally get to see what a Chiefs team is going to look like. 
which is very exciting. Very exciting. All right, before we get any farther into Chiefs Raiders and kind of just how, you know, what matchups we're going to look at, I think we got a, a little trailer for you guys to preview this week's game. The Raiders were searching for an AFC West title when they had their faces melted off by the New York Jets. Now they trek to the Temple of Doom in Kansas City, bringing Derek Carr to a QB fight. You have chosen poorly. So put on your caps and strap on your bullwhips and watch the Chiefs take down Oakland in Raiders of the Lost Season. Starring John Gruden's ancient play calling. It belongs in a museum. Chris Jones as a giant f***ing boulder rolling down a hallway. And Tyron Matthew intercepting your still beating heart. Kalima. Tune in this Sunday for Raiders of the Lost Season. Raiders. God, I hate those guys. All right, so we kind of really got into Chiefs Raiders a little bit, but we can go into some specific matchups that we're kind of looking at here. We'll make a little bit of prediction style. So just first, right off the bat, what do you see as a defining factor for this game uh, as far as what we need to do to come out and win? Um, I think our just offense needs to get going. Just, we haven't really seen an offensive – I mean, we know what this offense can do. We've seen what this offense can do. I don't know if we've seen what this offense can really do Yes. since we played good against Tennessee. But, you know, I, I mean, it was like – But we fumbled. You know, that's the one. Yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, like we kept saying, well, when Tyreek gets back, you know, we'll really get to see it. When Patrick gets back, we'll really get to see it. And I'm like, I think we're just – Ready to see it, yes. you know, and, and I'm hoping this will be the week that we really get to see it. I'm starting to wonder if it's even there to be seen because, I mean, yeah, we're finally healthy now. We did lose Tyreek last week, so obviously the offense is a little discombobulated. But it's it's getting to be put-up-or-shut-up time for the offense yeah. as far as, you well, know. Well, this is supposed to be our strong suit. If exactly. The, if the defense can hold a team to under 20, under – 25, 26, yeah, you yeah. know. Then that should be a win. And the thing is, the defense has still been playing pretty dang good. And yeah. It's hit or miss. But going into this year, to reiterate, the, the biggest theme was if the Chiefs could have a top, even the middle-of-the-pack defense, yeah. they would be unstoppable. Dominant. Yeah. Well, we do have a middle-of-the-pack defense. And yeah, so some, let's see this offense rolling. They need to be a little con- more consistent with how they do it, but other than that, this offense really needs to start living up to, one, the hype, and two, the price tag, because we have a lot of, you know, invested a lot of money in some pieces, you know. Yeah, and I mean, like, when they could have put that Chargers game away, they, they did. didn't. They didn't. They didn't. And the defense had four interceptions. If, and it was still a one-score game. If you have four picks, I expect the Chiefs to be putting up 40 points. I mean, know? I don't know if you remember, who was it, the Jets maybe a couple years ago when we had – Yes, six interceptions six, off yeah. Ryan Fitzpatrick. And, and we obliterated them. Yes. We had four, and we st- and, and it was a one-score game. Like I, you We know, should have had 40 points. That's you know? what – That's what I know a lot of people and myself included were a little the Chiefs should have won this a little better they should have we need to see a complete performance but a win's a win a win is a win I think the biggest matchup here is going to be if the Chiefs offensive line now that it's finally together can start imposing its will a little bit we talk about all year about running backs and like the loss of Kareem Hunt um, what that does for a team not having a star back there, Damian Williams, LaShawn McCoy, Darrell Williams, they're, you know, sometimes bright spots, sometimes they're, they shrink away and they're not even a part of the game plan. 
now that our offensive line is fully back together, I think you're going to start seeing a lot more of those like last five Damian Williams games last year where he was just really great because a lot of the advanced analytics point towards your running back will go as your offensive line goes. And it's, it's evident all over the league. Like Zeke is a great running back, but he also has a great offensive line. Another great running back, Joe Mixon, has a terrible offensive line. And, and Joe Mixon is a talented player. He led the AFC in rushing last year. His line is just so poor that he's had games where he's just disappeared. So it doesn't matter what kind of talent you have at running back if you don't have a line that can, that can capitalize on it or at least give him some room. Now that those guys are back together, I think we can start running the ball more effectively, more efficiently, and start setting up the offense in a way that it hasn't been yet. Yeah. Because we're going to come out, we'll, be, we'll always be pass first with, with Mahomes and the weapons we have. But when you get pass first and then the defense has to honor that, that's when you start seeing those six-man box people all spread out zone reads, you know, some misdirection counter stuff from the running game. That gets six. Yes. The, the, like the 90-yard Damian Williams touchdown yeah. run. You'll start seeing a lot more of these bigger runs getting ripped off. So I'm really looking forward to the offensive line imposing their will, and I want to start seeing the defensive line doing some of the same because they have some they have some monsters along that front. Mm-hmm. Chris Jones, Derek Nottie, Colin Saunders has been mixing up. Okafer, when he gets back in healthy, Frank Clark. I want to see them physically start dominating games. Yeah. You know, and that'll be – that they'll have a good chance to do that against the Raiders. Uh, the Raiders' offensive line isn't bad. You know, they have the psychopath Richie Incognito. Colton Miller's playing a little better in his second season. But as far as defensively goes, it shouldn't be uh, a matchup that you can't overcome with the talent that we have. So I'm really going to look for us to take advantage of that this, this Sunday. Yeah, I, I'm going to take you on a little side tangent here because I heard this today. Okay. And I was like, oof. It's Derrick Henry's contract year this next year. Oh, don't even. I saw the same thing. He would be such a good fit for Kansas City. Derrick Henry would be the fit. Can you imagine? Chiefs are up 10, 14. And we want to pound the, the fourth game away? Qu- in the fourth quarter, it's over. Because Andy Reid loves trying to pound the game away. That's kind of his philosophy. Everyone yells at him for being too conservative. It's the right move if you have the right players. Yeah. If you have Derrick Henry, give him yeah. 10 carries in the fourth quarter. Let him go out and just dominate. And It's, it's what the Ravens are doing right now with Mark Ingram. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're just saying, go pound your head against the wall and, make, and punish them. And, and that's what they're doing with well, Ingram, and Edwards, and Hill. When we played them a couple weeks ago, we did not want to touch him no. in the fourth quarter. That dude is six. I was talking to my dad about it. He was just like, man, Derrick Henry's huge. We were watching the games this weekend. It's like, Derrick, Derrick Henry's so big. He's a monster. And he's like, look up how big he is. And so I looked it up, and I started doing a player comparison of, like, how big he is compared to other positions. All right, so Derrick Henry is 6'3", 238 is his build, build height and weight. That is the same, uh, to the number, exact size that Luke Keekley is billed at. Wow. Middle linebacker monster Luke Keekley and Derrick Henry are the same size. He's just – And he doesn't run like a linebacker, I promise. It, the the phrase imposing will yes. I don't think anyone imposes will better than Derrick Henry. You look at that guy, and when you can look at an NFL player, and it's kind of like uh, looking on a basketball court and seeing like a Yao Ming. You're like, all those guys are tall, but Yao Ming is tall. Then yeah. you go look at a Derrick Henry, and all those guys are big, but none of them look just built like Derrick yeah. Henry's built. So that's that's a little side tangent, but I'm just like, oof. He'd be perfect for this offense. Perfect. Perfect for this offense. And it would be perfect for the backs we have now because 
Damian Williams could be used as a passing back, you know? Yeah. Derek could just handle the, the, the you know, battering ram kind of role for Cause us. Because, I, I mean, I would just add that dimension to the offense that takes it off Mahomes' shoulder. Like, well, well, it's we what, don't have to beat you through the air. It's what Kareem Hunt was. Yeah. I mean, just to put it – and he's also a free agent. There's no way he comes no. back to Kansas City, at least not a year after. The – from a, as for, from like a public view standpoint, the Chiefs will never sign him back. But it's what Kareem Hunt did. He was um, he was never fast. He ran a four five. He was better in the receiving game than Derrick Henry was. But he was just a master at breaking tackles and turning four yard gains into twelve yard runs and twelve yard runs into touchdowns because he just broke one or two tackles. Yep. And so that would be great for Derrick Henry to do. We don't have Derrick Henry, so that role is going to fall on Darrell Williams. I think going Which, forward, I like Darrell Williams. Are we Darrell? It's Daryl. <laughs> it is Daryl. The reason I said Darrell just tripped me up. Is, right there. Yeah, because uh, our friend Quinn thinks it is always called him Darrell, and I always try to like it's, no, it's Daryl because yeah. someone on a broadcast said it once, and Quinn always calls him Darrell Williams, and so now I just did it. But Daryl Williams as a power back kind of has that that role truck right now. he had against the Chargers. I like that. Oh, walking into the end yeah. zone. It it looked that was sick. It didn't look like a truck because. The dude didn't like fall, fly backwards or anything. He just literally bounced off of him, and Daryl just walked it in. Kind of looked at him a little bit, like, "Oh, you're a grown man," but I just, I just did that to you. Started celebrating. He's starting to earn himself that kind of role. Uh, if we get up big against Oakland, which I think is a possibility, yeah, he could start seeing you know a lot of snaps doing that going forward. He'll probably be our you know short yardage power back situation kind of player. Um. Who are you looking to have a big game this week? I want to say Travis because he always seems to We always to say Travis, but he does game. eat up the Raiders. The Raiders bad. Uh, I want to see Sammy again. I, I really want to see a good Sammy game. That would be great for the team going forward. And a lot of times when you talk about a player um, and he's like the second option on your team as far as you know something goes and that first option gets hurt, you're always like, oh, this guy has an opportunity for more targets. He's going to have bigger numbers. Sammy, it, it appears to be the opposite. He appears to work better when Tyreek's on the field. Yeah. And that's because he's a number two receiver. And, you know, the talent's there for him to have huge games. But when he's the number one, he's always seemed to kind of shrink away a little bit. Yeah. So now that Tyreek's back, I think, you know, Sammy can step up. Like in, in the situation in Cincinnati, A.J. Green goes down, Tyler Boyd stepped up, and Tyler Boyd's had a heck of a year, you know. Mm-hmm. He still has some hit or misses because of the quarterback situation, but he's really made the most of those opportunities. Robert Woods is a guy like that. Last year and a little bit this year, he, he's never been the number one anywhere else. He gets to an offense with more options. He just explodes. Sammy's kind of in that same role. So with Tyreek Hill being back, I really do think that he has a chance to, to – overproduce what he's been doing now that he can work yeah. himself in the game plan as far as not being a number one. And this might be a popular pick, but Patrick Mahomes. Let's yeah. have it. let's let's get him a bounce back game yeah. here. This I think that's the first time in his career we can use the term bounce back game. Because yeah. I don't remember his bad games have always been good games. Like yeah. you've uh you think of the Denver game was one of his worst games. He come back and had that amazing comeback. You think of so the Patriots game. The Patriots game. Games. Games. First half were terrible. Second half, he lit it up. This is the first one wire to wire where Patrick looked a little discombobulated. He never, you know, it's always in the primetime games. He starts off kind of with the yips. He doesn't quite get it going. And then yeah. in the second half, he always explodes. I thought for sure that's what was going to happen. 
You know, I thought he was going to settle down, yeah. start, you know, getting in rhythm, make some halftime adjustments because Tyreek was out mid-game. He never did. He made some good, like, mental uh, decisions when he took off running on third down to get those firsts, uh, noticing man coverage and taking off, which was good to see as far as the knee goes. He looked mobile out there. Yeah. And the knee and ankle, so that, those were good signs. So him having a bounce-back game, uh, I hope so. I hope so. Frank Clark had a good game last week. He had a great game. I want to see if he can do it again. Yeah. He needs to string these together. Yeah. I mean, it just adds so much to our defense it, when he can. It It's like it's the same thing as Sammy and Tyreek. Chris Jones kind of unlocks Frank Clark a little bit, and they kind of work in unison together just perfectly. Yeah. So I, I, I hope Frank can just, like, string some great performances together to get the narrative off his back a little bit. Yeah. All right, so just prediction based. What do you think? How, how do you think? How do you have this game? Um, I don't think. I think the Chiefs score a lot. I keep saying that though, and I just have not really been right on that. But one of these days, the Chiefs are going to have a big offensive explosion, and I'm going to be like, "I told you so." I mean, yep. if you just say it long enough, it'll come true. It's kind of like you're predicting the Patriots to to falter prediction. Yeah, well, one of these years that's <laughs> going to come true. One of these years true. it's going to come true, and you finally get to say, like, hey, I told you so that the Patriots were going to were gonna have a bad year. I like the Chiefs in the 40s this week. The 40s, huh? Yeah, okay. I, think we're, I think we're back in the 40s. Okay, I don't know if we're quite get back. I hope we get into the 40s. I like 42. 42 is a great number. It's a good number to hit. It's a nice, easy number to hit yeah. as far as, uh, you know, football scores go. Yeah. Man. What do you like the Raiders to hit? You think they score a lot against us? Some garbage time, maybe? No. I no. Think, I don't think. I think they're sub twenty. Oh, so you're you're going blowout? Yeah, I think it's going to be a blowout. It could. I mean, it's a home game this time, and, and I we think are the Raiders. Healthy. I don't think they have the mental fortitude to come out and have that like, you know, because good teams will have a bad game and then. They're almost more dangerous to play after that bad game because then they'll have a really good game. Yeah. After getting embarrassed. Uh, yeah, that's true. But I don't think the Raiders are a good team, so I don't think they're going to have the the sauce to be able to come back and, uh, and have a good so game. So 42, what's the final score for the Raiders? 42-17. 42-17. All right, I'll take Chiefs 38-21. Okay. That's I, still a blowout. Yeah, I don't think we hit 40, and I think they, they score a few touchdowns. You know what? 38-24. I'll give the Raiders a field goal. I'll let their kicker get involved a little bit on it. So, two-score. Okay. Two-score game. Uh, we did do a bold prediction that they the Chiefs were going to win by uh, 10 every game yeah. going forward, so I, I couldn't stray so, away yeah. from that, but we got it. I haven't won by 25. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Bet that this week. Chiefs, I might. Chiefs by 25. I, feel, I might. Chiefs by 60. All right, we we got the Chiefs Raiders out of the way, uh, but I, one thing I want to hit on real quick here at the end is just the MVP discussion and how it seems to be swirling around Lamar Jackson right now. Yeah. And I don't want to take anything away from Lamar. He's playing great. Awesome. But this is just a, a fact I saw today on Twitter. I was scrolling through. There's a lot of Lamar hype. and So much Lamar hype. It, someone tweeted, it's like, is this what the rest of the league felt like last year about Patrick Mahomes? I never considered that. I mean, it probably was because oh, he yeah. was everywhere. Yeah. But I was scrolling, and this came up. And Patrick Mahomes, I did the numbers myself to check, is only 350 total yards behind Lamar Jackson. Yeah. That's combining Lamar's rushing and passing and Patrick's rushing and passing. Patrick's only trails him by 300 yards. And 
He's missed three games for all intents and purposes. If you take away the game he didn't miss, like the Denver game, he only Mm -hmm. had 75 yards in that game. Just take that away, say three games. He's behind Lamar by 425 yards total in three games. That's a game for Patrick Mahomes to play. If he had not missed any time, his numbers would be blowing Lamar's out of the water as far as like per game yards and probably even touchdowns go. And then you have to consider Mahomes was playing on a hobbled ankle for a few weeks. Yeah. And then he... For the most part, Lamar's team has been super healthy. The only one that's been really kind of banged up was Mark Andrews has been like probable and questionable a couple weeks. And Mar- but he had a big game last night. Yes, he did. And then Marquise Brown has been you know dealing with ankle injuries early. And he, in the had, year. A big and he game had a big last game last night. But his team has relatively been healthy. Mahomes has been hurt. The unit's been hurt. They've played a tough schedule, and he's only four hundred you know. Yards behind Lamar with three games missed. Mahomes is averaging pretty much 300 yards a game. It's lower after the 180 last week, but he'd be probably up on Lamar by like 700 yards if the averages hold, and that is a substantial difference. So I just kind of want to say that in the MVP conversation, don't let team success trick you into player success. Yeah. Well, the problem is, well, not the problem necessarily, but that's, it seems like MVP is like a, like a what's the word I'm looking for not uh narrative driven kind of it's very narrative driven driven. it's very like popularity contest is really what I'm after like numbers yeah we like numbers but not really I mean if numbers were the you know like Patrick Mahomes would have won last year no doubt because he had better you know more touchdowns more passing yards more wins you know everything everything than Drew Brees but yes. somehow, some people still thought Drew Brees was going to win. I was like, "Yes, why? What? What? You know?" I, f- I, I feel and I really believe that these last few games, Mahomes is going to just burst into that MVP conversation. He's not going to win it back to back. He doesn't have, like you said, the narrative or the hype. So that is going to be a detriment to him because those games he missed, people kind of forgot about him. And then Patrick Mahomes is also suffering from the LeBron James effect. And that already, already in year two, Lewis he, Riddick said that. Did he? Did yeah. he? Oh, he's a very smart guy. Yeah. So I hundred percent. You know, I'm glad I thought of that. But uh, because people are normalizing what he's doing, and it's not. There, there. Jason Whitlock today said that he would take Lamar over Mahomes. Florio from Poor Football Talk said Lamar Jackson is better than Patrick Mahomes. And that is absurd. I love Lamar. Lamar is electric. He's playing well. I promise you if you put Patrick Mahomes on that Ravens team, they probably haven't lost yet. Because one of Lamar's losses is to Patrick Mahomes. You know, If you have those two flip rolls at Arrowhead that day, Mahomes wins that game by 50. Because he's got a running game and a defense, you know? Yeah. And Lamar does not win that game by 50. Because... Mahomes is just on a different level. And LeBron James in his career probably should have won the MVP nine or ten times. That's how good he is. He only wanted a handful. Mahomes is going to start suffering from that because when he's throwing for 350 every game, people are like, oh, he only threw for 300 this week and two touchdowns. So that's not – Patrick had an off week. That's not 506 touchdowns. Yes. That jump pass he had against Tennessee – is one of the most insane plays I've seen in my entire life, and it barely got any play anywhere as far as a highlight reel goes because the Chiefs lost and because, you know, it just kind of got lost in the shuffle. That's a pass some quarterbacks will never make in their career. That's a pass Lamar Jackson will never make. Will never make. There's That's Ever. a pass Tom Brady will never make. That yeah. was 
when you're a quarterback, let me just run through real quick fundamentally, and you need to put a ball right where you're at. The quarterback is very fundamental-based. Throwing motion. You saw the Dak hip open up like his, his exercise. Oh, yeah. Feet planted. Footwork, you hear it. Mahomes wasn't going to be good because footwork, footwork, footwork. Yeah. You have to have good footwork in the pocket. Mahomes was in the air. His feet were not on the ground, and he just slung a pass, cross his body almost, 30 yards downfield, pinpoint accuracy to a wide receiver. In midair, in a pocket where bodies are crashing all around him. That is special. That does not happen. It's This is a mini ramp, but Mahomes is so good, and people are already forgetting it. And... As far as the MVP goes, he probably won't win it this year. For my money right now, it's McCaffrey, you know, Russell Wilson, Michael Thomas, and uh, Lamar Jackson. Or, Which McCaffrey doesn't really have a chance because his team is trash. His team has fell off. Michael Thomas does have a chance. McCaffrey had an early – like his early – he had the narrative early season. Everyone had McCaffrey yeah. buzz. But because the Panthers stopped winning, it kind of went away. The Saints are winning, and I know it's hard for a non-quarterback to be involved. It's but very hard. I almost think it's impossible. It is, yes, but Michael Thomas, what he's doing, he might break all the receiving records this season. Michael Thomas has more catches and receiving yards than the entire uh, wide receiving core of the Philadelphia Eagles combined. Yeesh. That's insane. So that he's, is insane. He's, if he keeps and that we're per- in week 13? Yes. So if, we're, if, we, if he keeps that up, he's not going to win the award, but he'll be – he might get a vote or two, you know, yeah. as far as the end of the year goes. Right now, it's Russell and Lamar. I think Mahomes will insert himself into that, but, you know, you never know. Yeah. I. It'll take a lot. Yeah, it will. To, well, you know what it's going to take? It's going to take the Chiefs winning out and then a dominating game against the Patriots. In prime. Like, it won't be prime time, but it'll be against the Patriots. That game could be prime time if they it flex could it. could be, yeah. I bet they do flex they, it. They probably will. But if they don't flex it – it's going to be hard. If it does get flexed in the primetime and Mahomes has just two dominating primetime games in a row against the Patriots and then the Bears, then the narrative will start coming back because he'll have all the eyes on him and everyone will see, and he'll have a chance to make a late-season push. But as, as it goes right now, it's you know Lamar and Russell, which is fine. Russell's still balling out too. So we'll see how that goes. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I think – I hope Russell makes it because – or Russell wins it because Russell's just been – Dominant. Well, except last week. Yeah. Again. I mean, well. Russell is the best deep ball thrower right now in the league. I think he's always been. Yes. The way he – they are so soft they, when they come down. I mean, he throws them like five miles into the air. They look like Hail they, Marys almost. Yeah. And then he just drops them in there. When they release from the, his hand, it looks like an overthrow. And then they just hang, and it's not a bad hang either. They hang and travel and go, and then it's just into the hands of a receiver with three people around him, but in stride, it'll just drop in the bread well, basket. The, the, how high he throws them, they come down. Straight down. Yeah, it? where like no defender has a, a chance to get it because yeah, it just comes straight down. It's not like an arrow going by your head or like a, you know, it's not head level. It is yeah. coming from the sky. And it just falls into the bread He's like basket. the ultimate monkey in the middle, like champion. Yes. And the defenders are just in the middle, <laughs> and he, just reaching up, <laughs> trying to hit it, can but never they just can't. It. Well, uh, I think that's all we got for you guys today. We have Next week, we'll get back to a normal routine. We'll be able to review the Raiders game and then preview the, the game after that. Uh, we're, we're through the bye weeks. We're on the home stretch of the schedule. You can find us on Spreaker you can, and uh, find us on Google, Apple Play, as well as uh, KC Kingdom every week. Um, 
We'll be back next week, and hopefully we'll be talking about a Chiefs win. And just as a final little sign-off, if the Chiefs do win this game, they have what amounts to like a two-and-a-half game lead in the AFC West with only a few left. So this is an important win. Hopefully we can uh, recap it next week with uh, happy, happy faces. But until then, it's me and Brett, and we'll see you.